Are you one of the guys that, you know, they used to record those um, audio messages with the customer service? And then you would hear the conversation back and forth with the customer service. I don't remember the exact well, I don't know. My name is Barney Kibuka and welcome to another episode of the Ugandan Gold Talk Show. Musinguzi, I think it's from, can I guess Western Uganda? It's from Western Uganda. Okay. So I'm yeah, from Western Uganda because Musinguzi is like the Mwanguzi of Uganda. In Uganda, okay. it's so in the West, we say Musinguzi. And I'm particularly from uh, Hoima, which is uh, the uh, Bunyoro Kingdom. So I'm a Bunyoro. Yeah. Actually, I, I I now feel bad because when I was in high school, I had my yeah. friend Derek. Um, he's from Hoima, and I think his name was Mosinguzi. And I feel bad now that I couldn't guess that. But I you guess that was sad. So how have you been, my brother? I've been well. I've been well. It's uh, nice to finally get to have this conversation with you because it's been waiting for a really long time for sure yeah um i think when i hosted mochibi i usually have a question i ask at the end and i they recommend people and mochibi recommended you to be on my podcast and i'm just excited to sit here with you and just get learn from your wisdom and my listeners to get to hear the stories that you do and i got a privilege to see the work you do on instagram i gotta say i'm amazed and it's awesome thank you so much thank you so much i'm blessed to be able to contribute that way to the community yeah, uh, but we're not going to dig into that right now. Um, we're going to start yep. just to get to know you because personally, I don't know you though much, I wouldn't say, because I was recommended to you. And then we've been talking on Instagram back and forth. But um, So I know you as Mr. Mosinguzi, but I'm sure there's another name somewhere. So what is your name, sir? So my, my actual Musinguzi is my name, uh, is my surname. So uh, my full name, my actual name is Brian Musinguzi. Okay. And um, that's like my official name of my national ID on my passport. And Musinguzi um, means Victor. So most, most of my friends that uh, follow me on Facebook uh, refer to me as Victor for the easy translation. Mm-hmm. And I've... I've, I've had a, a very strong attachment to that name because of its meaning, because I've gone through so much and I believe the victory comes from that uh, confession of the victor on my name, on, on, upon me every other time since I uh, from my childhood. So I really love the name and that's why I decided to brand my social media with the name Mr. Mzinguzi. That's a good, that's a good idea and just a good thought that you put into that. And one thing I got to say, like, isn't it cool that Africans, we have these names, our surnames that really hold a good meaning, like our parents. I think that's one thing that I appreciate about the parents. Like back in the day, they had those names that they put a lot of thoughts in their name, like, hey, Mosinguzi, I'm going to name my son Mosinguzi because mm-hmm. I want him to be, a, uh, to be a victor. I want him to win. I want all like 
so it's cool like when you hear another person's name it's like hey my name means this my name means that and that's always the favorite part to just hear what the thoughts were behind the name that somebody has um in the in the in the beginning you kind of told us where you're from hoima but i just wanted to just dig into your background like uh, you were born in hoima how was your life growing up in hoima and your family members Okay, actually, I wasn't uh, born in Hoima. My dad is from Hoima, okay. and my mom is from uh, Chivali, the neighboring districts like in the Western Uganda. However, uh, I was born in Jinja because my mom and dad met in Jinja. You know, back then. See, I know, wasn't like... I wasn't wrong when I said to Sandaida <laughs> Kuwara. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You got that right. So. I was born in Jinja because uh, back then Jinja was the most industrial town and there was a lot of employment opportunity. So when my mom got done with school, the first place she went to was in Jinja and she had uh, a few relatives there. And that's where she met my dad. And so I was born in Jinja. I lived in Jinja, I think, for a few months. And then um, I went to live with my grandparents in Chibale district. So I lived in Chibale for like... Um, let me say a year or so. And because um, I was, I used to stay with my aunties and, uh, and my grandparents and my auntie was a teacher in one of the schools there. So she would, at some point everyone would go to work and I was the only one who was meant to stay at home yet I was so young. So what I used to do is I used to follow my auntie to school and just join her class and study and just as the kids were learning. So at the end of the term, um, they were like, okay, you've been attending class. Why don't you do exams? So I did the exams and I was like among the top three in the class. And they were like, oh, then you're ready for school. So yeah. that was a little bit of my, 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 my childhood and how I got into school uh, at an early age. Yeah. Uh, do you have any, any other siblings? Yes, I do have... Um, I share, I like, uh, my mom and dad have both, uh, I have children, I have siblings I share from my mom's side and my dad's side. So I have, I have uh, three brothers from my dad's side and I'm the fourth on my dad's side and I'm the second last born on uh, my dad's side. And then my mom also have, have stepbrothers and sisters from my mom's side. So in total, we are like six children. Oh, wow. And those are the people that are called brother and sister. <laughs> That's amazing. I always loved it when a family, uh, when we grew up like in a big family. I didn't grow up in a big family. I only have one brother. But like, oh. w- yeah, we're just two boys. And it's my elder brother. He's just two years older than me. But every time we get to meet with, my cousins and like other people other family members it's always fun like I could imagine how it was like to grow up in a big family yeah, that was, was fun now I actually now that reminds me of the time when I lived I used to stay with my grandparents uh like during the festive season I could have like a family of 30 people and it was wow and it was it was yeah. amazing it's like one of some of the best memories I've had since my since like since growing up yeah, that's that's one thing I I wouldn't say hate, but I, I would say I, I say I hate about life because when we grow up, we grow up and life changes for us. Everybody moves, goes to different places. Like now, my family is all like sparse, so we all in different places. But that's one thing I treasure back in the day. Like I wish I can have that back, and because right now I miss that. Like I want to have my big family back around around me, but. That's pretty cool that you you had a like a big family and you explained a little bit about how you went to school. 
Um, yeah. So you started your school. Where did you go to primary and high school? And if you ever went to university? So primary, uh, I told you, I already shared my my first primary experience. So mm-hmm. when they saw my report card and they were like, oh, this guy is is, 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 is brilliant to do to be able to excel at this level, yet he hasn't been attending fully as a student. So my mom uh, brought me uh, back from, uh, the, from my grandparents' home and brought me to Kampala. So if you know uh, the areas of Bugolobi, uh, mm-hmm. there used to be a, there, there's a school uh, called Achiswa, then there was Mbuya, there's a barracks, an army barracks there. Yeah. So my mom took me to the army, army's children in Buya because there was a barracks and there was a school for army children. Mm-hmm. So they took me there and that's where I started my primary uh, from P1 up to around P4. So let me pause you there for a second. Um, so when we were growing up, they told us they would to scare us. My parents, we'll take you to an army school. We'll take you to an army school. <laughs> now, is it true that in the army school they beat you like army people? Like, is it that scary? Actually, actually, I, I didn't mention that part because uh, I think uh, at some point I was getting a little bit stubborn. So my mom was like, we'll take you because there are two schools there. There was Chiswa Primary School and then there was um, Mbuya. So they were like, uh, we won't take you to Chiswa, we'll take you to Mbuya because we need you to be in line and get and, and you know, those guys will put in order. But it actually wasn't the case um, because uh the army the army the school was separate from the uh, from from the barracks only that we had children from the uh, f- children that are from the families of the the soldiers mm-hmm. so i think that would only apply if your parent was a soldier and they called them to discipline you then you'd get <laughs> that version of the discipline but then for the rest of us we lived normal lives we just had the, the experience of being able to go to the barracks, seeing bullets, and you know mm-hmm. that those training training grounds. I used to go and play. Sometimes I one day almost broke my 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 arm playing in the in the. We used to call them mandach, but the, the soldiers training there. So yeah, we didn't get the army version of the discipline, but there was always that thought of okay, what if they bring that version in? So it helps us keep it helps us keep in order. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you were continuing with your um, high school? Yeah. So when we lived in Bugolobi Flats, I think a bit of my childhood, I lived in Bugolobi Flats. And mm-hmm. back then, uh, it was like a very good community. And uh, after like uh, my reach, my P4, we moved to a different neighborhood that was in uh, further towards Luzira. And that is Chitintali, uh, Mutungo. And then uh, I moved to a new school called... Uh, St. James uh, Vina Primary School. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you know that um, earlier on, we used to have Catholic ch- churches, like churches, and there's a church in the school. Yeah. So in uh, around the areas of Mutungo Bina, there's a, a, a church, a Catholic church, and there's a school affiliated to the, school, to the church. So that's where I continued from my primary five all the way until I finished my P7. Okay. And then um, I from there, I went to City High uh, Secondary School. If most people know Kololo, Kololo, mm-hmm. Kololo, but yeah. then uh, yeah, City Kololo, High so. was like the other school next to Kololo in that in that area. It was I earlier I was told it was earlier earlier like common for Indian students going there. But then by the time I reached there, I had already two brothers in the same school, so 
and I didn't find so many Indians. And it was a bit more welcoming for me, knowing that I have two brothers who are in the school. They kind of briefed me of how the things were working out there. Mm-hmm. So I was in City High for from senior one up to senior four. And then uh, because I'd, I, I, I disconnected with my local language or my mother tongue, my one of my elder brothers told me, uh, you can't speak your mother tongue. You don't know. You can't express yourself well in your mother tongue. Why don't we take you back to a school where you learn your mother so tongue? So what was your what was the mother tongue for you? So because if you your dad is from Hoima, which is yeah. uh, Banyoro, and you grew up in Jinja, which is Lusoga. So what was your all was your mother? What was the mother tongue for you? My mother tongue is still uh, Lunyoro because okay. uh, in Jinja, I left Jinja before I could even speak. Okay. So, so because I, I lived, I was born, born in Jinja, then moved to Chivale. So I yeah, I'd started, I'd started learning Lunyoro from my grandparents. And then when I started school, I moved back to Kampala. And when I reached senior four, my brother is like, you need to, you can't grow up and not know your language. You can't grow up and you don't, you can't speak, express yourself in Lunyoro. What, mm-hmm. how will you teach your children how to speak or the culture? So I was taken back to Hoima. That's when, actually, that was the first time I had a living experience in Hoima, uh, which is my, my the district where my dad comes from. So I went and lived and lived in Hoima for two years where I did my A-levels. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I did half, my senior five, I was in um, a day school because I used to rent in the town and go to school. But then uh, the senior six, I was like, okay, if I'm going to be serious with my books in this final year and not waste the opportunity, I need to get more committed and join the boarding school. So I was in Duhaga SS. It's called Duhaga SS. It's a very popular school back there. And Mm -hmm. um, it was a good experience for me. My first boarding experience, it was nice. Though when I went there, I already had friends in the boarding section. So it was an easy transition for me to join the board boarding class and then I was doing um, a science combination so it was it, it gave me a lot of ease you know being able to access the resources and the time so empako yao ni empako yanga teni akiti oh that's awesome oh so that, that's amazing um so you did science when you were in, in high school. So yeah. then did, did you ever go to university though? Yeah, from um from 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 Duhaga, uh my where I did my secondary school, I come back to Kampala and then um I developed interest in uh, technology. One of my elder brothers kept telling me, man, there's this thing if you if you if you interacted with computers, because even in at, at uh, high school. I was I spent a lot of my time in the computer lab. Mm-hmm. We only thing that we had um, was um, access to like Yahoo and and Google and mm-hmm. and, and YouTube and YouTube uh, YouTube had just opened and then we used to watch videos there. So when in my vacation, my brother kept telling me about IT. You need to think about doing a course in IT, and then he tells gives me examples of other guys who are already working that have. Have, have done that course and are excelling. So I didn't have the money to go to the university direct, 
because I didn't get the points that get to take me on, on government sponsorship. But then there was a, a, a technology institute in Nakawa called um, uh, UICT. Uh, it's next to MOOBS. Uh, uh -huh. So I joined that and I do a bachelor in uh, computer science, rather a diploma in computer science. And I did that for two years. So after that, I left the institute feeling like, yeah, I'm, 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 I have the skills that can help me create a job rather than look for a job. So okay. I tried, I tried that out for like a year, and that was in um, in Kumba University, because uh, you know university communities you always had that need for either typing skills or mm -hmm. people had. Um, uh, they needed music, they needed to watch movies, they needed they, they need to have software installed on their laptops, and they used to have issues with their computers. So my brother, one of my one of my other brothers helped me set up a workshop uh, that side. And I worked there for like let me say nine months. Yeah. The biggest problem I got there was uh electricity, like with load shedding, we used to call it load shedding, <laughs> but then yeah. power would go off every now and then. And that meant I couldn't do business. I couldn't uh -huh. operate. So my one of my guys had started with at UICT had straight away joined to work uh, with the MTN. And uh -huh. I bought a modem and I used to stay on the internet just to, you know, get updates of what's new, what, what, what's new, what's yeah. happening out there. Because the students always loved me for that. Because whenever there was a new song that was on TV, uh -huh. I could easily download it and <laughs> give it to them on their phone. So... I used to stay on social media, on Facebook. So one time my friend tells me, hey, what's up? There's a job opening here at MTN. Would you be interested? I was like, oh, yeah, because I was tired of not working because power is off. Uh -huh. So I was like, Let me go and, you know, get a, a job where I can consistently work and still earn money irrespective of whether power is on or off. So I applied for a job with MTN. Back then, the entry level was uh, the call center. Um, yeah. Call center executives or advisors, because you know when you call the helpline and you have issues with your phone, there are those guys that are very polite that talk to you. Mm -hmm. So that is the job that that was my entry job in MTN as a customer. Service are you are you one of the guys that you know they used to record those um, audio messages with the customer service? Because and then you would hear the conversation back and forth with the customer service. I don't remember the exact story when i mentioned you did sciences what combination did you do when you did sciences in in senior six i did pcb pcb okay. art yeah PCB PCB art. Art. so what what was your goal before all this when you shared your story right after you did so what was the goal when you studied the science combination what was what was on your mind what did you want to do after a senior six yeah when i was growing up the only jobs that we knew were doctor, teacher, mm -hmm. policeman, or engineer. And then would look at, you know, when, when you grow up from a setting where you feel like I need to create a better life for myself, you'd always look at what job will pay me more. 
And back then, I don't think I can say that um, I'd always wanted to be a specific in the, a specific uh, in a specific profession. Though mm-hmm. I admire doctors, I admire the respect everyone according to doctors. So when I was told when you do PCB, you are open to all options. You can either become a doctor, an engineer, or any other profession that you want to do. I was like, okay, let me just do PCB. And when I reach that that side of uh, decision making, I'll be able to easily make a decision to do to, to cross to any profession. So mm-hmm. that's that was like that was the reason why I ended up doing uh, PCB. Mm-hmm. But then after my 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 vacation, things had changed. That changed yeah. uh, my my interest, and that's how I ended up in IT. You touched on something that I actually want to just remember right now that I want to pass across to all the listeners and everybody um, tuning in, watching this pod, uh, podcast. So you on YouTube, I shared something on my uh, on my podcast page on Instagram. It was a, a story to my Ugandan brothers and sisters. You don't have to be a nurse, an engineer to be considered successful. You can be a musician, you can be a DJ, you can be a dancer, you can be creative, a barber, a stylist, actor, model, designer, creative, uh, uh, creative designing and traveler. You can be whatever you want to be. Look around and you're surrounded by people who are talented in Uganda that are in these different professions and are successful. Um, I'll cut it there, but it was basically just reminding people that, and you just made it here on the, and that's what made me remember because we're now digging into what you do right now. That is something successful. Like people don't even think about that. Like you mentioned, when we grow, we grew up. They were telling us you either be a doctor or nurse. Like even yeah. even the songs we sang in school saying "Jagada kube the doctor" or maybe tell like, but. Uh, like, I mean, I'm thankful that I've actually, I was able to get my dream job that I always wanted when I was younger. And that's to be an airplane mechanic and work on airplanes. But and that's the whole reason I started this podcast because most of my friends would see me post pictures on airplanes, working on airplanes, flying airplanes. And they'll be like, hey, that's, but that's not the only way. I, I thank God, I bless God for whatever he has brought in my life. I. I didn't, I wanted it, but um, I want to use this platform to remind the kids, like, even if it didn't go the way you wanted to, that's not the only option. Like, there's a lot of other ways you can still be successful, even though you didn't get these dream jobs like we dreamt about. And I'm glad that you shared about that. So now you finished your degree and you had a job on MTN. That was my diploma. That was my diploma. So yeah, yeah, you got your diploma and yeah. you started a job in MTN. How did you then transition from MTN to now being a content creator and a traveler? So when I joined MTN, um, the first thing I did was um, get back to school. So I went to Cavendish University. It was like a new university and had a mm-hmm. very flexible program and would study. What, like, year, what year was that? What year did you go to Cavendish That University? was a long time ago. That was a long no, time ago. Like what, what year? <laughs> that was 2013. 2013. So I, the reason why I asked you is yeah. I finished high school in 2012 in Uganda oh. and I applied to Cavendish University in 2013 yep. because I wanted to do, I think they were giving me developmental 
some course like at that point because I, I told you i wanted to work with airplanes but when i finished from yeah. six i didn't i didn't have that opportunity to do it so i was just going to go to the university and just do anything course, i think it was yeah. de- development any course because it mean you have to go to university to be successful that's what we thought and that's the year that i went to Cavendish university i applied and i was actually admitted but then i started processing to go to the u.s and i wasn't able to start school there but I just want to find out the year because we could have been in the same yeah, school. Yeah, probably we met in the corridors when we were applying. Uh-huh. That, was, that was the same year. 2013 is when I applied to Cavendish. So and I think September intake is when I started studying at Cavendish. Uh-huh. I was an evening student because of my work because I had already, I'd already started working. So I did my bachelor's at Cavendish and um, finished it. And yeah. Thank God I was able, I had a background in IT, so it was easy for me to, because I did the same course, I did a bachelor in IT at um, at Cavendish. So the knowledge that I had from my diploma kind of helped me ease the whole process, even if I didn't attend all the classes, at least I was familiar with everything that was being taught there. Now, back then, uh, with you, the, back to how I transitioned into a content creator. Now, back then, the salary that we're getting was very little, and... The needs were increasing. I have to pay my school fees. I have to pay my rent. I have to pay transport, food. You have to send some money back home. So I sit down one time and I'm like, okay, I'm in the I'm, I'm in the customer service experience um, department, and I'm not using a lot. I'm not. I'm using like a small percentage of my IT uh, to execute the work that I'm doing. Of course, I was excellent at the work I was doing because of um, the experience and exposure to computers. But then people used to notice that, oh, Brian is good at this. Brian is good at this. So one of my teammates tells me, Brian, you're good at social media. I see the posts that you're putting on social media. Why don't you help me manage my social media page? Because she was a music artist. Uh So I was like, okay, that's cool. I can do that. I can create posts for you. I can put captions. I can automate stuff for you. And then... um, I start reading about how to be efficient at doing that work that she gave me. Because after like a month, her sister sees the work on her page and she's like, who is doing that for you? Because I think they're doing a great job. Could they do that for my NGO? Because she had an NGO. So I get now, those are two gigs. They start paying me. And then after like another month, the sister says, okay, why don't you manage my other business? So I had uh, like three uh, pages I was managing on Facebook and I was getting a little bit of money. So I started doing research on how do we, how do I get better? How do I provide a better service to these guys? And that's how I land on an article that talks about um, earning from creating content. And I thought the specific article was talking about YouTube. So mm-hmm. I was like, Okay, if there's a possibility that I could earn, I could earn from publishing on YouTube, let me do an experiment. So I start an experiment. I open up a YouTube channel and start dropping random stuff there. And like three months into the whole process, I get verified by AdSense. I start receiving paychecks, and I remember the first time I got around eight hundred dollars. I'd never earned wow. that money. Wow. Never held that money in my like in my, like, never held that money at a go. And I was like, okay, this is amazing. So I, I started telling these people that I was working with that you guys, you need to like raise my pay because I'm, providing, yeah. <laughs> I'm <laughs> providing value. But the reason was that I'd gotten a, an option of 
getting more money, yet I was building something that I felt like was mine. Uh, but it wasn't really something that I was really creating. I was just getting random videos from places on YouTube, on Facebook, and dropping them on YouTube for the experiment. So like uh, a year or two into that, I started losing connection with what? With the content I was putting there, because it wasn't mine, it wasn't original content. And okay. YouTube has had a number of changes it applied onto their policies on the content that you upload there. So at work, I used to be the guy that always holds the camera whenever we're having a, a birthday party celebration, whenever oh. we're going to uh, go to, like I say, people would look at you and be like, okay, Brian, I think you do better at this. You can take better photos. You can take a good recording of the video. So whenever we used to go out for team building activities, I used to be the guy behind the camera. So I was like, okay, why don't I start creating videos that are my own? And then I start publishing them on YouTube. Since I already tested and the experiment worked out that you can actually get money from publishing. So that's how I started. Because um, videography back then was something that was hard to access. But then uh, working with MTN, uh, working with an internet service provider, I had unlimited access to the internet. So I start watching YouTube videos. I almost asked you because when, when I was in Uganda, but YouTube, like they, I mean, YouTube had a, a very huge burn with it. So like you could run out of your data just watching YouTube. But like yeah. I almost asked you, how are you able to afford that? But that explains it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of, yeah. So, but but I didn't, uh, yeah, back then, yeah, like you say, it was very hard for you to watch. So because I was working with an internet service provider, I started watching YouTube videos. Like after work, I would stay for like three hours watching and learning stuff. And then I started to follow these guys who are doing amazing things. So I, that is how I got introduced to content creation. I was like, okay, if these guys can do it, I think I can also do it. So that's how I started now uh, using, every time we used to go for team building activities, I would create a video of myself talking about the place that I've gone to and then uh -huh. publish it on YouTube. And uh, it helped me as an evaluation platform for me to see how am I get, how how can I get better at creating videos, and over time I can say it's been a, a journey from zero where I didn't know yeah. how to create a video, and today people look at my work and they think probably I went to school to do that, but it's been an, a YouTube a result of me watching YouTube content. And I owe that to the access I had to the internet back then with my with my employer. And that's the that's the main reason I brought you to the podcast. Obviously, I just didn't want you to come and start talking about content creating without people knowing your background, a little bit of your background, your journey, how you got where you are. Because that's the whole point I do the podcast is I want us somebody in Uganda to listen to your story and say, hey. This guy grew up in Bugoli Flux and he was doing this yeah. and this, and now he's a content creator. So I want them to relate, to track your journey where you, I mean, we can't fully track your journey in 40 minutes or 20 minutes, but at least yeah. they get a glimpse of that. And I got to say, before even I forget, like what's, what's the name of your YouTube channel? Because I want my listeners to just go out and check out your work and also, on Instagram, he uses Mr. Musingozi, and he. I'll, I'll let you just share your uh, social media handles and the username. I'll also add those in my description of this video in case they missed oh. them. Thank you, thank you. So my 
my Facebook, uh, rather Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all of them is Mr. Msinguzi. So just search for Mr. Msinguzi and then you'll be able to find me. Right now, I, I'm, I'm grateful that when you search, the algorithm kind of brings me up because I've mm -hmm. done several uploads. So if you go to YouTube and search for Mr. Msinguzi, you'll definitely be able to find me. Same applies on Instagram and Facebook. And I'm not just going to leave it at that because I just want to go in depth of the things you do. Like for people who are, don't know, who are listening to this right now and don't know the work you do, it's such an amazing work. I've got time to uh, look at some of your work. Actually, when I hosted my friend Mochibi, when he recommended, hey, you should host this guy. He does really good work. I was He tagged me on one of your posts and just saw that. But I wanted to talk about something that you, a post that you made a while back about uh, the part of Maction Falls. But it, you say there's so much our country has to offer when it comes to tourism. We can make use of technology and platform like social media skills, like cinematography, photography, to make useful noise about the beauty that our country is and you just basically talked about that when you were before even already when you were talking about why you got into photography what can you tell people who are listening about uganda you've traveled almost everywhere in uganda and we're going to talk about some of your experiences at different places that i've seen you take videos of that but what would you tell to the listeners about the experience of experiencing uganda Wow, that, that's a very huge and complex uh, question. I, I don't think I could have the best words to express how amazing Uganda is, because even I, as a travel, the places I reach, I reach and I'm like, I'm wowed by what I'm seeing. However, what I can say is Uganda is one of the most beautiful places that you can visit, straight from the people, uh, the landscape, the weather and the the, 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 the the entire ecosystem in Uganda is a whole different vibe. So as a person who has lived in Uganda, mostly I'd lived in the central part of Uganda, going out and exploring other parts of the country helped me appreciate it more. And I can't tell you that I've gotten enough of all that beauty because every time I move out, every time I go to different places, every time I meet new people, I still get a new experience from each part of the country that I go to. So if you've not um, traveled to Uganda or if you're Ugandan and you're living in the diaspora and you've not explored any part of Uganda, when you come back, please just take the time and get to know a little bit more. You won't remain the same. Mm -hmm. You won't remain the same because me, it, it's changed me and I, I'm, I'm a very good testimony. Even me being able to speak to you right now is yeah. because of some of the experiences I've had across the country. That is true. And I just pulled up your Instagram right here. And if you go check Mr. Mosinguzi, he has a link to his YouTube channel on his Instagram page. But also when I was scrolling through your page the other day, I landed on the White House. Like it literally looked like the White House, the White House picture. Oh, you yeah. said you you looked at it all the time when you passed by Entebbe. Uh, did you ever find out who it belongs to and why it's there? Yeah, actually, that's a it's a replica of, of, of the White House, but then mm -hmm. it's a belongs to one of the the the, the rich men in the country. <laughs> <laughs> then it's it's a because uh, if you know uh, a, a gentleman called Ham, he's yeah, uh, I know Ham. Uh, 
yeah, he's a prominent uh, businessman and he has a real estate project going on in that area. Mm-hmm. And that is like the office of his office and then the office of the entire project that's going on there. It's a very beautiful, beautiful space, yeah. That is, that is good. Uh, that is amazing. Because when I looked at it, I was like, yeah, that definitely looks like a White House, like the White House in yeah. the US. And, uh, but also the other video I just pulled up right now, I, I, I the one they tagged me in um, aboard MV Kazinga, one of the best marine experience in Queen Elizabeth National Game Park along the Kazinga yeah. Channel. That's the one place I, I want to go to. Like I watched your video when you you walk on the was it a boat or the ferry? The one when you're holding your yeah, camera. Yeah, on the ferry, yeah, 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 on yeah, the ferry, the ferry. yeah. That was well, that was really dope. And... Actually, it was I think it's a boat, yeah, it's a boat, yeah. That that, okay. that white that, it's a boat, yeah. It's okay. like the the Kazinga. Yeah, so that, that's one of the places I've not been to, like Queen Elizabeth National Game Park. But every time I come back to Uganda, I try to at least visit a place that I've not been to. Like um, I started with the north. That's why I go most times. Like I take my family to go there, and I would urge all the people, the diaspora uh, people in the diaspora that always visit to Uganda, to go check those places out. And last time I went to the Matron Falls and took my family there. I went to the the Hot Springs. Um, we visited those, but yeah, it's it's always amazing. And um, the last, lastly, oh yeah. One of what are some of your hobbies? I want to know some of your hobbies besides doing um, these videos and stuff. What are the hobbies that you do for fun? What do I do for fun? Lately, I do I just create content for fun and okay. travel. Back then, I used to back then I used to play. I used to play the keyboard. I used mm-hmm. to play the keyboard in church, and music was a big part of uh, of my upbringing because um, we used to have a lot of music around the home. So I used to play yeah. the keyboard. So I would say besides that, I love uh, listening to music, playing music, if I got the opportunity to do that, though it's been a while since I played. And yeah, besides that, it's I'm, I'm, I was initially an introvert, so I'm learning a lot of yeah. people's skills. <laughs> I'm putting that into practice. So most of my childhood uh, friends, meet me and they're like are you the guy doing this or this is a different <laughs> person so i'm kind of just discovering a lot of a whole new personality that has been hidden within me yeah so i don't use the the zoom that i use is only limited to 40 minutes and i got the yeah. notice that it's going to be off in like a minute but once it gets yeah. off you can log back in on the same link we'll just wrap up and uh, uh finish it up but the while well, i was going to ask you um, oh yeah, the reason why I asked you your hobby is because you posted, I don't know if you were just doing a video for it, but like the game night thing that you did, were you there for the games or were you there to record? Um, I think oh. I saw a video of yeah, you yeah. shooting the game night. Like, were you there for the games? Because I saw people playing cards and all that. That's why I asked for the hobbies to see if you were there for the games or the shoot. <laughs> Uh, I was I was actually invited to that event. Uh, it was happening at uh, Alliance Francie, which is like the office for Bonjour Kampala. It's uh, affiliated to the French Embassy. So mm-hmm. one of my friends uh, who was organizing the event um, invited me there, and I'd gone to show my work because it was a kind of a meet of people playing games. But I also went to show my work and my videos, and I just got the opportunity to record the videos uh, while I was there. That's why oh, I put up. I'm happy to see this kind of thing. I'm happy to see 
people succeed even through the things we never thought about when we were growing up like through like when i was a child you couldn't tell me you'll make a lot of money just making videos like how you only make a lot of money if you're a doctor if you're yeah a an engineer yeah. <laughs> no, like content, yeah. and that's why i like to host people like you and i'm so blessed and honored to have you on my podcast to just share your work and how you you got to this point um through this life through you growing up and where you are what has been your life lesson that you've learned in life so far uh the biggest life lesson is uh, i should say i'm a very um i'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a, a born again christian so I, I, I can't say I've had a better lesson than trusting in God because at some point everything else will seem like it's failing and the only hope that we'll have is in God and mm. we can always keep renewing our faith and hope and uh, through believing and trusting in God and adhering to what his promises are telling us in the Bible so I would say my biggest lesson has been trusting in God in every circumstance. But then um, through the, even through trusting God, you know that not giving up is not an option. Sometimes where we live in Uganda, you don't have an option of giving up. Like when, uh, something I hadn't shared with you is that um, I worked with MTN for like uh, seven, eight years. Then I, 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 left, I quit my job to become a full-time videographer. And it's like when you when you start, start making certain decisions, you don't have a, 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 an option of going back. Like the decisions you make and you're like, no, I'm not going to go back. So if you are moving forward, be determined to move forward and irrespective of what comes your way. If you know that I've had my conversations with God and this is the direction that I believe I'm supposed to be taking, just mm -hmm. stay focused, keep pushing. We used to have... a uh, an abbreviation of prayer until something happens back push. then. So yeah. you mm -hmm. push forward, work mm -hmm. towards your goal, and you can achieve anything. Because me, I never thought I would be able to create videos and earn a living and pay my bills and support my family. But being seeing this come to pass, I believe anyone out there who has a dream and they believe they can work in that direction and achieve whatever they want to achieve, I would just encourage you to do that. Trust in God and push towards your dream. Nothing, nothing can beat that. And I always touches my heart when somebody refers back to God and somebody just gives the glory back to God. It's like none, your power, not anything, but it's always been God and just letting people trust him. Like just, so that's all I'm going to tell you, just trust you. And it doesn't mean it's going to be easy. It's going to be hard. Yeah. But as long as you get your trust in him, everything will, will play out. So I'm glad that you shared that. Um, the other thing is, what gets you excited about life? Life. <laughs> so many things, so many things. Uh, but be, coming from uh, an, an, an introvert background, I don't know where that's uh, an actual thing. <laughs> I, I think I, I'm not I'm not very extreme in all sides, but then um, when I do something that it impacts someone positively, mm -hmm. that really brings me brings me a lot of joy. That brings me a lot of joy. Like uh, I could say from my videos, I've had people who had left Uganda like 20 years ago, mm -hmm. and when I get a message, there's a time I have a 
so many Indian friends that left back then. So when they see my videos and they come and they're like, oh, you passed that place. My great grandfather had a shop in that location. <laughs> that excites me so much. It excites me like if the one thing I've done has impacted or brought or brightened someone else's life that really brings a lot of value to me and it excites me a lot here. I like that because that's a kind of a selfless life, like living a selfless life. Like it's not all about you, but like when you say something that excites somebody else and brings joy to you. So like it's not about you, it's about somebody else. So that's that's definitely like a million dollar answer right there. Um, and then my final question, this is like one of my signature questions that I usually ask people, uh, who would you like to see on my podcast next? And you're going to help me find a person to host to be hosted on my podcast to share about their stories or what they do or anything my podcast is open to all sorts of conversations as long as they impact somebody's life okay yeah i think the person the person that comes to my mind there's a, a lady called nabs ara okay. i'm not sure whether you've come across her but she's also a content creator and one thing that is powerful about her story is that straight from school she decided not to look for a job, but go become a content creator. And I met her through content creation and I've been a friend with, we've been friends for a while. So she has a very powerful story and she'll, she'll share a different perspective or from a female perspective of what it's like being a content creator. And her journey, I believe, will be able to reach and touch so many because she's been able to achieve so much just because she made up her mind to be a content creator despite the challenges in the industry. All right. Yeah. You and I should get together and see how you can connect me to her and we can have her on the podcast sometime soon. But yeah. once again, Mr. Mosingozi, I'm so honored and happy to have you on my podcast. It's a blessing and I can't wait for my listeners to hear your story. Thank you too. Thank you too so much for hosting me. Uh, thanks to, to, to John. Uh, John is actually, John is a friend of one of my workmates, but then we connected okay. through social media and he's an amazing guy. And I also appreciate you for this platform because seeing what you're doing and uh, your story and now giving uh, uh, the world perspective of what it's like coming from Uganda and being able to share all these stories is something that is impactful. These are stories that will inspire people for generations. And I should say I'm very grateful that I've had an opportunity to contribute to this. Thank you, sir. Uh, how do you say bye in Bunyoro? Bunyoro. Mm-hmm. It's bye. <laughs> oh, it's bye? Okay. <laughs> right, how about thank you? Yeah, we're muno. Yeah, thank you so much and um, greetings to everyone that is listening to the podcast and who is going to be watching the YouTube videos. All right. Thank you, sir. Hey there, uh, my name is Barney Hibuka, the host of the Ugandan Boy Talk Show. Thanks for listening and watching my podcast. Tune in every Saturday at 11 a.m. for a new episode on the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, follow, share, and we appreciate it. If you can, leave a feedback on our podcast, please. Thank you very much.